Hi, and welcome to Timothy, my son. I'm Phil Routley. On numerous occasions through the years, I've been a part of a pastoral search committee. It's really quite amazing to see the long list of qualifications in a desired pastor. I especially like this list. A good pastor must have the strength of an ox, the tenacity of a bulldog, the daring of a lion, the wisdom of an owl, the harmlessness of a dove, the industry of a beaver, the gentleness of a sheep, the versatility of a chameleon, the vision of an eagle, the hide of a rhinoceros, the perspective of a giraffe, the endurance of a camel, the bounce of a kangaroo, the stomach of a horse, the disposition of an angel, the loyalty of an apostle, the faithfulness of a prophet, the tenderness of a shepherd, the fervency of an evangelist, the devotion of a mother, the ability to work with turkeys and live on chicken feed. And still, he could not please everybody. In fact, if Jesus himself applied for many positions, I don't think he'd get the job. So what's actually expected based on scripture? Character and skill-wise, a good place to start would be the description of an overseer or elder in chapter 3. But here we get further description of what a teacher would look like. If you point these things out, it says in verse 6, to the brothers and sisters, you'll be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourishing on the truths of the faith and on the good teaching that you have followed. A good teacher and minister of Jesus Christ would first be nourished on the truths of the faith and the good teaching they've already followed. And they would then nourish their flock by, among other things, pointing these things out to their congregations. First you breathe in, then you breathe out. First you take in good teaching, and then you share that good teaching with others. After all, you're not a balloon. But after you breathe out, you need to take another breath. You need to be constantly replenished and then replenish others. Nourishing makes me think of those words, you're craving spiritual milk. By now, you ought to be on meat and potatoes. And what are these things from the previous paragraph? In later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. These teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. One thing some do is forbid people to marry. Don't listen to them. Another is order them to abstain from certain foods. Don't listen to them either. God created all things to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving because it's consecrated by the word and by prayer. Who you listen to will have a greater impact on who you become than anything else. Who your friends are whose books you read, whose sermons you listen to, who you allow to influence you. It's been said that you become the average of the five people you spend most of your time with. In a group of five, that means there will be a couple who are ahead of you and a couple who are behind you. Those in front are pulling you forward and those behind are holding you back.
Wouldn't it be better to replace those who are slowing your growth down with others who will build you up? I'm not talking about those you might lead or minister to. We're called to offer a cup of cold water in Jesus' name, to visit the prisoner, to care for the widow and the orphans. Quite often in such situations, we're giving of ourselves even when they provide great encouragement. What I'm talking about is, who is replenishing your energy? Who is your iron who sharpens? And I'm going to take this up another level. I was at a conference recently where one of the speakers said that someone reads the Bible once a week. It has a very small impact on your life. The same was true if you read the Bible two or even three times a week. But at four times a week, it begins to have a significant influence with greater happiness, joy, marriages, family life, trust, faithfulness. You get the idea. And I'll put it simply. There was no one more suited to lift you up than God himself through his word. If you're like me and you believe what he says, it ought to be you, God, and four of your friends who are also reading the Bible at least four times a week. Hey, why not five times a week? Why not six? Why not seven days a week? Who you listen to matters. And as you share with others, remember that who they listen to matters too.